Hey everyone, on today's episode, we have Robin Shapiro, a dedicated personal trainer and co-owner of Adaptable PT Gym in Park Ridge, Illinois. In this episode, Coach Robin shares insights on strength training and the importance of staying fit while managing a family. Thank you for listening and enjoy the episode. Welcome to the Primal Foundations Podcast. I'm your host, Tony Pascola. We will dive into what I believe are the four central foundations you need for a healthy lifestyle. Strength, nutrition, movement, and recovery. Get ready to unlock your path to optimal health and enjoy the episode. Robin Shapiro, welcome to the Primal Foundations Podcast. Thanks for coming. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Yeah, I just want to dive in and kind of get your personal journey and story of how you got into the fitness industry and becoming a trainer. Yeah. So I think I have a pretty stereotypical uh, entry into the fitness industry. I was always active like as an athlete growing up, but I was always struggling with my weight. So I was overweight all the way through my teens into high school. And so in high school was really when I was like, I need to lose weight. And I kind of went the typical route that any female would, which is like, okay, I'm going to join a gym and I'm going to start running. Like, cause that's all that, I don't know, we're raised to know about is like doing cardio, running, lose weight. It was never really about the strength training. Um, so my my entry into it was definitely more of a aesthetic thing um, and feeling better. And I think I just became obsessed with it like anyone else and wanting to help other people get from A to B faster than how I kind of fumbled through it, like finding my way of, you know, making those healthy habits and whether or not it was like nutrition or how to exercise. And when I got pregnant with my daughter, when I was in college, that's really when I dove deeper into it and um, got like my first certification to be a trainer. Awesome. And and going into, you know, jumping in to be a trainer, uh, what are some obstacles? I just know like in the fitness industry, you know, it's mostly you're going to have male dominant either clients or, um, the instructors, but have you incurred any obstacles, um, you or your clients alike? Um, I don't know necessarily obstacles. I think it's definitely, um, different as a female, um, finding which clients, you know, you'll have like people who have an idea of what it's like training with a woman. So you might have men who, think that you can't train them hard enough or train them in the way that they would want to be trained. Um, And some females might think that too, like we might have this, um, I don't, I don't even know, like stereotype of being uh, too easy. (laughs) Yeah. I love, uh, we're definitely going to be talking about some kettlebells for sure in this podcast, but I love when we have like a, you know, somebody that's coming in and they're looking at like what trainers are going to be matched up with. Um, and then you, they just see one of the female trainers do a get up with like a 32 K and I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. they're freaking yeah. strong, buddy. Like, yeah, that's, <laughs> yeah. this is going to be, uh, 
it's going to be a good matchup for you. Yeah. And I feel that there is a mind sh- mindset shift of getting away, like you mentioned earlier, of, you know, getting into strength training versus I'm going to do a bunch of cardio. I'm going to eat less and just try to move more. And this is what we used to always know. My mom used to, um, when she went on a diet, she would make cucumber sandwiches and eat Kellogg's in the morning. And like, that was her. And she goes, I'm just going to walk and run. And that was her way to lose weight just because it was all about the, all about the numbers on the scale versus quality of life. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely that same generation of, uh, parents that we both have, you know, <laughs> let's, let's, let's juice and walk and run and do step aerobics and starve yourself. <laughs> the, the, the slim fast. I just remember the yeah. slim fast shakes coming out. My mom buying all those. And she's like, all right, I'm going to just do shakes every day. Yeah. Um, and, and now you've, you're, you know, you've been a trainer and now you're a co-owner and operator of adaptable PT. Can you tell the listeners about, uh, adapt PT and, where it is and kind of like the philosophy. Yeah. So adaptable opened, um, just over seven months ago. Um, my partner and I, um, worked together at a previous like big box gym and we just shared a lot of the same beliefs in, um, how to train. Um, we are located in Park Ridge, Illinois. And we host small group classes. So we cap our classes at 16 people. So it's just a really easy way to make it feel like you're getting one-on-one training and you're not like overwhelmed by having 60 people and nobody watching you and your form. And um, so like in our name with Adaptable, we believe that, you know, as people, we can do hard things and um, that we can train our body to be adaptable. Um, And then also just in the way that we program our workouts, let's say we're having someone do, you know, a back squats programmed, but someone, you know, their shoulder mobility sucks and they can't get a bar on their back. Like we're going to adapt the actual workout to say, you can do a front squat, you can grab a kettlebell, you could use our safety bar. And that like all of our programming is adaptable to like where you are in your fitness. Yeah. Just some people are hard movers and you just, I always get the, I always talk about it on the, so where I get like high school students, you know, the athletes and they just want to throw a barbell on their back right away and just load it up. And I'm like, hold on, let me give you a, take this 12 K and do a goblet yeah. squat. And I'm like, looking at it. I'm like, Oh no, <laughs> we yeah. you have no business <laughs> getting underneath a bar unless like we can perfect your squat pattern. But with all those modalities, and um, I just went on the Adapt PT website, and I love this little um, kind of uh, blurb you guys had. Not mirrored by a budget allocated, uh, <laughs> not mirrored by a budget allocated by a corporate team who doesn't even lift. Which I was like, oh, that's funny. Um, we're featured a variety of tools: kettlebells, barbells, cables, maces, and more squat racks than your local big box gym. Yeah. So with all the modalities, like how do you choose the different tools for, for either yourself or for the clients? I mean, we honestly, we put all of it into our programming. Um, so we do have a day where it's all kettlebells and we're just trying to hone in on people's skills. Um, we program our workouts where we have a day where it's more hinge pattern dominant, we're deadlifting, we have a back squat day, we have a 
kind of a push pull upper body day. And like within all of that programming, we throw in the cables, we get the small muscles, the biceps and the triceps and, you know, the shoulders with lateral raises. And um, it's all, you know, person dependent too. We have people who are as young as 25 and as old as 70. So we, yeah. The the big thing is, and you hit on it too, is just like the skill and, you know, as your strong first instructor, um, and that's one of the big things. That's why I love strong first. We, we don't, as a community of coaches for strong first, we have this school of strength and we, we preach on skill, but in the, just the overall general fitness, the whole industry, it's not skill. It's what they see on Instagram, what people see on TikTok, and they want to get the weight up. Um, I want to barbell back squat. I want to deadlift this, or I'm gonna I'm going through a shred program right now, and they never learn the movements. They're just trying to put weight up just to look cool. I, in my opinion, I think that's that's a big thing that I'm always fighting with people. Of this needs to be harder. I'm like, we need to learn the skill before we could even make this harder. You you yeah, like in, sure. encounter that a lot of like people like want to go more. Oh yeah. More or, oh man, especially when it comes to the kettlebell skills. So we, when we get people coming and trying classes and let's say we have snatches program that day, but I've never seen them swing a bell. I'm always like, if you've never touched a bell, we're going to work on, you know, just a kettlebell deadlift, or maybe if you're okay, we're going to do a swing instead of a snatch. And they always want to just be like, well, I want to do what they're doing and just throwing up these ugly snatches. And I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> uh and and strength training is often the key for like most of the fitness programs how do you educate your clients on the benefits of strength training um and like make it the enjoyable part of the fitness journey versus just the the cardio and the results i mean really just educating them on the other aspects of why it's important. You know, I work with tons of general population clients, not like, you know, the elite type athlete person, or even necessarily the younger person. And so knowing that the strength training is going to keep their bones strong and like seeing my clients um, you know, osteoporosis, like bone scans coming back better or, you know, explaining to them why they weigh the same that they did 20 years ago, but they look fatter. And it's because their body composition has changed. So it's really telling them about those kinds of things and why it's important, or even, you know, teaching them that the way that they're training to full range of motion in their squats is increasing their mobility and flexibility as opposed to just, you know, doing a a straight legged toe reach <laughs> or, you <laughs> the, know, and the, not that this. I'm like anti yoga stretching or anything like that, but just that the way that you train can train those qualities for you. The old sit and reach box you had to yeah. do back, back in the day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was good old fourth grade. <laughs> uh, when, when you have clients, um, is the focus on the, the building of habits, is it the nutrition, more strength training, or just finding a balance among all of those things? I think like definitely a balance. Um, 
because you're never really going to have long-term um, sustainability with anything if you're not building the habits. And I think especially because I work with women and I am a woman, I know how easy it is for women to do all of this yo-yo, crash dieting, fast results kind of thing, and not really creating like the healthy relationship with food and how to fuel your body and um, finding the balance between doing cardio and strength training. And, you know, even general population people struggling to sleep enough or drink enough water, or they're sitting too much at work and they need to get outside and walk, <laughs> you know, just all those basic things. What What are some habits that you try to instill in some clients that or the most common ones that you try to input into just an everyday, you mentioned kind of walking, are there anything else? Yeah, definitely walking. Cause I have a lot of people who work from home and are sitting a lot. Um, the obvious increasing their water intake. Um, when I have them start with looking at their food a little more closely, I definitely tell them, let's just track, you know, grams of protein per day, or let's start by, making, you know, three square meals a day instead of snacking, like eat a meal. A lot of people are skipping meals and then gorging at the end of the day, or their lunch is just a salad and then they're eating crap. It's like, just eat more basically, <laughs> you know, like eat, eat until you could be satisfied and not think about food for a couple hours. I I love that because that's what everybody <laughs> thinks they need. They need to be starving to lose weight. Like, ah, I'm on a diet, like quote unquote. Well, what does that even mean? I'm on a diet. You know, are you, are you eating good food throughout the day? And again, there's that satiation piece that's super important, but it's also like, that is so unsustainable. I, I mean, when you, if you, I've had some people on here that have done like bikini shows, um, bodybuilding stuff. And they just talk about how they're miserable. Like those mm -hmm. last weeks before they step on stage or they feel miserable. And then when they get on stage, they're like on death's door, but from the outside looking in while they're like, wow, that person is so in shape. They are like yeah. five seconds away from passing out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did one show early on in my career and I only did one because I remember being backstage thinking, this isn't health. Like yeah. this isn't health and fitness. <laughs> like, like I basically just put myself like in an eating disorder doing the show. <laughs> yeah. And there's, there's so many like those, those habits of just being, you know, eat till you're full and the people get scared about it, but no, eat till you're full. If you eat till you're full, you increase your protein a little bit. You make the, just these simple little choices throughout the day. It's going to pay dividends. You mentioned walking. I used to, Pish posh walking. I used to be like, ah, like you got to do more. You got to do more. And as I'm getting a little bit older, you know, I've done multiple like endurance events and things like that. And I'm like, I can't just be like hitting the pavement as much. So on an off day or a day where I really don't feel like training, I'm banged up, I'll go for a walk. I just, I got a treadmill in my building or I live right off the lakefront. I'll go for like an hour. And it makes, a, it actually makes a big difference. Cause like, if I'm not feeling like I want to work out, if I could just walk for an hour mentally, I feel like I've just accomplished something, even though I didn't want to do anything. But on top of that, you, you could burn some cows, you could burn some yeah. cows walking. You can feel better. You get a little bit of those endorphins and 
it's just adding on every little bit of discipline too. Cause I, if I can walk for an hour versus sitting on my couch and watching Netflix, you know, yeah. that's, that's a win. And it's just those for little sure. habits. And, for sure. and you're, you're a mom, you have a family. So it's like with being a mom, being a professional and busy lives, you know, how, how do you maintain like consistent workout routine, just navigating through the day to days of a family and work? Honestly, I think that's one of the things that comes easier to me because it's so important to me. Like you talked about like walking, how like good mentally could feel for you. Obviously when I walk, when I run, when I'm lifting, that's like my one hour me time for that day. When I'm not taking care of, you know, my house or the business or all the clients, because so it's a service industry. Like you're taking care of people and carrying their emotions every day of every week. And so I think it's really important to to do that. And I love my training. So it sometimes just looks like looking at my day every week where my clients are and actually scheduling my time. Like this is when I'm working out. I could know every week, like this week I have to wake up early and train at six in the morning. And there's other times where I'm lucky enough to do it on my lunch hour. Nice. Just being proactive and just putting it, yeah. writing it down saying, here it is. I have to do it. Yeah. yeah. The, the training that you do, you know, I know you're strong first. You have barbell and kettlebell as well, instructor. Yeah. Um, yeah. And for those that I don't know, like that's the first time I met you. I think it was SFG one. You were um, assisting that. How, how did you get into kettlebells? Hey, everyone. Thanks again for listening to the Primal Foundations podcast. If you are interested in working one-on-one with me, you can always book a 30-minute free consult on my website, primalfoundations.com. Or if you're interested in online programming or virtual kettlebell programs, you can also find that information at primalfoundations.com. Thank you so much for listening, and let's get back to the show. Uh, So when... So my the first like maybe eight years of my career, I was doing a lot of, you know, renting studio space out and traveling to people's houses and all of that. When I went back into the corporate um, part of training, uh, I know, you know, Sam Gonzalez. So I was friends Sam, with him. Sam, for a long Sam time. the man. Yeah. So. We were working at that corporate gym together where we used to work at another big box gym years back before that, where I met him. And so obviously he was big into bells and I kind of played with them on my own before I met him. Um, but yeah, I, it was Sam. I was like, this is fun. Yeah. I was like, this is fun. And so then he trained me for when I went in for my SFG one and haven't looked back since. That's awesome. Yeah. You're the second guest that's been like, I'm like, how did you get into bells? Sam Gonzalez. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. And, and yeah. And I, and I can speak about it too. It's just, I, and I've said things before. It's just like, I love the way that they do strong first. I just love that. It's focused on skill. It's focusing on strength. Um, a lot of the stuff is, it's not just kind of like made up 
programming, you know, this is all science backed. Um, and they're always like changing things and adding things. And, um, you know, I really like, I had Brett Jones, the privilege of having Brett Jones on here and I've iron cardio. I don't know if you've tried any of it, his stuff or iron cardio, but just, if I feel like kind of beat up and something and I'll, I'll just start doing some, some clean squat presses, and I'll just roll through some iron cardio with just single one bell. That's all you need. And I'm like, wow, like this is great. And, you know, the increase of strength, even the little endurance in there, and it's very minimalistic. And that's like a big thing. You don't need the, the crate. Yeah. All of the things. It's just, if I have a bell at your house, it's really all you need. And just the yeah. fact of, you know, the instruction. I remember like from you, I got tons of tips from you and everybody else there and things that, and I thought I knew how to swing a kettlebell. I thought I knew <laughs> how to do everything. And I, I've always said this about Fabio's. Um, did you take Fabio's SFL? Uh, he was not teaching it when I did SFL. Okay. Yeah. He, he did ours and I, and even SFG one, and the barbell, I just remember looking at somebody. I was like, I know nothing about a barbell. Like we're within the first five minutes, just like blew everybody's minds. And same thing, SFG one. And it just it's just so awesome to be a part of this community of strong first instructors and um, you know, learn just different things. And I've picked up over the years so many different cues from so many different trainers, and it's just an awesome community. Yeah, that's why it's good to go back because. Like you said, there's, you know, ways that they evolve the way that, you know, you do things and different cues. And it's always a good refresher, too, because you kind of just get into your own pattern of the cues that you like to do or the drills. And then you just like kind of throw everything else out the window and then you go back and you're like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. That's a good one. (laughs) (laughs) And your training routine, you know, do you I know we kind of talked about like you're scheduling your times. Like this is my time slot. I'm going to get this done. Um, you know, program programming around your life, but what is a typical training routine for you? Is it just like, I'm doing kettlebell work one day I'm doing upper or lower, or do you have like different types of splits you like? Oh, so I would say the last like two to two and a half years, I've been on like a concurrent, like, uh, like athletic program basically. So three days a week I'm strength training. And then the other three days a week I'm running and, you know, weekends is my long run. Depends if I have, um, like a marathon or a half marathon that I'm training for to see, you know, like how long those runs are. And then the other two days are kind of like my high velocity plyometric type days. My strength training, um, revolves around the big lifts. So on Monday, the back squat, Wednesdays I'll bench press, Fridays I'll deadlift. And within there, I work with the kettlebells. And like this month I started putting more in just because I'm gonna be going for SFG two in April. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh so yeah, I have a hybrid of the strength and endurance in my own training. And for the the running, you have like a funny thing. I just like went on your Instagram, it's like signs up for marathons. Regrets it. I regret it, <laughs> yeah. but I do them. Uh, what what got you into into running? So, like I told you, when I first got into working out when I was in high school to lose weight, and like running was the first thing that I started to do. And 
I just never stopped since then. Like I ran my first like 5k when I was in college and I just never stopped running. I've always (laughs) enjoyed it. I don't know. (laughs) Do you have, uh, when those races are coming up, is it cause I've had different people come at me with different things. Cause I would always lift throughout my training for marathons, Ironman, whatever, do you start to change your program when it's starting to become closer to race time or um, do you kind of still continuously work out and keep weightlifting in? Yeah, I typically try to just keep everything as is until maybe like a week or two before like decreasing my volume the week before maybe cutting out all the lifts and just keeping it to like the shakeout runs. I always joke that like I'll never be the best runner because I like lifting too much. And I'll never reach my potential as like a power lifter because I like running too much. And, you know, it's just me just being mediocre at all of them. <laughs> you're, you're a hybrid athlete. You're a hybrid. Yeah. You do it all. Because again, yeah. there's a lot of people that, yeah, they have great lifts, can't run a mile. There's people that can run, you know, 26.2. They they can't even bench their body weight, you know? So there's, right. you, you got the best of both worlds. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to be that person. I just want to do it all. (laughs) I'll do it all. Uh, What's your nutrition plan going into, uh, do you, do you have a marathon coming up at all? Uh, I'm just running a half marathon St. Patrick's day weekend. Okay. Do you have like a nutrition plan that you use the rate, the day of the races? Um, I like eating bagels the morning. (laughs) That's, that's my nutrition. Okay. (laughs) Lots of carbs. And I like to eat uh, pasta with chicken the night before. I don't really do anything too crazy. Yeah, you don't go off. Uh, and I feel like that's the big thing is like people, they'll train, 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 and they'll just be eating regular. And the day of, they'll they'll take too much in because they're so worried they're not going to finish or whatever. They've been doing all this training for, I don't know, three, yeah. four months. And then all of a sudden you fill your stomach all day and you're like – I got to drop out because I got good. GI, GI issues. Yeah. yeah it's never, <laughs> it's never, good. <laughs> never good. No, and, I found that like the electrolytes are actually like more important than food for me sometimes. Yeah. Especially, I mean, so. even when it's cold, if you're layered up pretty good, you're going to be sweating yeah. a, a ton. Yeah. And then the days that it's hot, I prefer to, people think I'm crazy. I love running when it's hot. Like absolutely. Yes. That's the best. I just feel looser. I just, it takes me too long to warm up when it's like 50 degrees. People are like that oh, 50, 60. That's great. I'm like, I want 75, yeah. no, no clouds, <laughs> sun. I want to get hot so I can just feel warm the whole time. Um, but yeah, electrolytes are big. <laughs> and, and today was, today was a struggle getting all the layers on. I was like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> I, I think you posted something on a story. It's just like, not very motivated, but I'm here or something. No. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's sometimes it'd be like that. People always think that trainers are always gung-ho and motivated. We have our days just like anybody else where you're yeah. like, I don't want to do, I know I planned this out today. I'm going to get it done, but. I don't want to do this. (laughs) No. I mean, I was sore from my deadlifts yesterday and I was like, why did I do that? (laughs) Here I am running. Yeah. You got got to get those miles in. Uh, For your just not even race nutrition, um, do you have a a nutrition routine that you kind of follow? Is it 
I'm going to just like, like a whole foods thing, or it's like, I'm going to eat good. And then like, I'm allowing cheat meals. Like what's your regimen typically on a week? I've definitely transitioned more into a, I wouldn't say intuitive eating, but over the years, whether it was, you know, doing that bodybuilding competition and having like a strict diet, then moving into more like counting macros and things like that, it definitely didn't do me good in like the eating disorder uh, realm. It Mm. messed with me pretty bad. And so now I've kind of gotten more into like balance. Like I'm not someone who's like doing really good, you know, Monday through Friday or Monday through Saturday. And then like, you know, eating whatever I want on Sunday, it's definitely, you know, whole foods and things that feel make me feel good and help me perform well. So I'm not like, Oh, I'm paleo. I'm carnivore. I'm, you know, anything like that. Um, I focus just around like lean proteins and, you know, fruits and vegetables and those kinds of things. Just good, good eats, good eats. Just, yeah, just good eats. (laughs) I have some, I, I have some, uh, what is it? like allergies. So it's just really just trying to stay away from things that bother my gut and feel good. Yeah. Do you, when you have uh, clients come in and they want to work on the nutrition, do you suggest counting the macros and all those things at first? Um, or you just try to have them eat intuitively? Um, I would say that for the most part, having someone start uh, out of the gate with counting macros can be very overwhelming because they are barely even cooking for themselves to begin with and getting those meals in. Um, So for me, it's really trying to create better habits, not necessarily giving them specific food. If they want specific meal plans, I, I source that out to someone else. Okay. And I, I have this, Sometimes, well, there's there's definitely this in the industry. You're, you're going to have clients that have setbacks and, and, and obstacles. What advice do you give clients in, you know, in times when they need motivation or challenging times? I always say that there's a time to focus on certain things, right? So if they're going through a really challenging time in their personal life you know, not being so hard on themselves about, you know, being perfect with their nutrition, or even with, you know, how many times a week they're getting into the gym, you know, that this might be a time where you need to focus on your family. And there's going to be a season where that stuff calms down, and it's going to be easier to focus on your food, like you don't want to set yourself up for failure and have too many things going on. Um, and really just finding an amount of exercise that feels, you know, digestible for the time, mm-hmm. you know, not saying I have to get in six days a week. Okay. It's three, does three feel more feasible, you know, do three. <laughs> yeah. I always talk about to the, the other end of the spectrum sometimes is some people are getting setbacks because they're the opposite. They're, they're doing too much. 
and they're coming in the gym multiple times a day and, and, and they feel like going harder is going to give them those results. But sometimes it's like, you have to have conversations with those people to, to, to reel them in a little bit about, and the big thing is for me, I love to talk about people about recovery, about programming properly and not doing too much. Cause walking out of the gym sore and wrecked every single time. I don't know about you, but that's not fun for me that no way. Yeah. I mean, I do it to myself sometimes, but <laughs> we, we all do it, you know, uh, but we, we learn though, right? Like we yeah. learn like, Oh, I'm feeling really good today. I'm going to push it, which there's, yeah. there's times and places for that. And the next day you're like, I shouldn't have did that. That was, that was a little too much, but to, to chase that over and over Honestly, again. Yeah. yeah. It's, that's something where we have, that's the mentality that more is better. And I'm going to continuously do this because I'm going to, you know, I'm going to work harder, but sometimes you, you can't do that. Especially I have like clients that are in their mid thirties that or get into their forties and they have the same mentality when they were athletes, you know, 15 years ago and they want to just continuously outwork each other. And I got to like, I got to ego check them I'm like, Hey man, yeah. it's all good. Let's, let's focus on the skill. Let's focus on your strength. You don't have to go super hard today. Um, if you come in wrecked and you can't train, like what's the point? You're not going to be able to train right. tomorrow. So, right. Yeah. It's like, you're better off going at that 80% in, you know, five sessions a week versus going like 200% three times a week, you know, or getting so burnt out that you don't end up going to the gym for what, two weeks, four weeks, whatever, or how people end up doing their new year's resolutions. I'm going to the gym every day. And that's just not it. You know, you're better off just creating weeks of consistency versus, you know, going a thousand percent and then not coming back for months. For community, you know, a DAPT, you know, they emphasize the sports of community. How does community support, you know, you know, your training approach and foster this, um, sense of togetherness with your clients. You got, are you guys very deliberate on that? Or do you just kind of, you know, do you have like socials and things like that? Cause I feel that piece of gyms, people don't go to gyms for just like the equipment they go for like the, the, the relationships and the friendships. Yeah. I, the community at our gym is crazy. And I think some of it has been, um, because we do social things outside of the gym, but it's also because the community of Park Ridge specifically, like everyone's kids go to school together and, um, you know, they, they just, everyone knows each other. Like we'll get new people in and they're like, Oh, Hey Bob, who's, you know, like everyone just knows each other. Um, and so some of that isn't from us per se, um, but I think we've been together for almost seven years because a lot of us were together at the big box gym before we opened up um, Adaptable. And so we've just become really great friends over the last seven years. You know, when you're, you have people coming in six days a week for years and years, you just get very close to people. You're You're their trainer, you're their, you know, friend he's a therapist sometimes you know you oh yeah a, <laughs> I'll be a, 
<laughs> all of it, all of it. And are you, so some new projects coming up, are you opening up a, a new studio? No, 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 no. This is, this was, this, this is, is the studio. This is this the, this is, is yeah. the space. Uh, any, any uh, chance to expand or you're just like, I'm going to stay with this one for right now. I mean, hopefully, hopefully we can. We're definitely busting at the seams a little bit. So we'll have to make some um, smart moves. <laughs> awesome. That's that's exciting. And, yeah. and then, um, so you're going for SFG2, Strong First, the Kettlebell um, Level 2. I'm also going to be, I'll be there at the Dome. Are you heading in the Dome? I sure am. Oh, yeah. Are you ready for your bent press is my question. No, I, <laughs> I haven't gotten there yet. I've just uh, been trying to like start snatching like a couple of times a week. <laughs> I, I woke up this morning and I said, and I go to Siri. I was like, hey, Siri, how many days till, uh, oh, it's my series going off right now. Um, stop it, Siri. I was like, how many days till, um, April 27th. And it's like 90 days. And I was like, it's 90 days from today. I'm like, okay, three months. Thank you. Thank you, Siri. Stop. <laughs> um, and I was like, I, to be honest, like I really haven't, although I'll do snatches and I'll, I'll throw them in there. I haven't tried my snatch test. Um, I did like a, something similar to a snatch test. It was short and with like a 20 cap to do 24, but just working on the bent press for me is, um, I have like my shoulder mobility is not the best. So I've been really working on my shoulder mobility to be proactive and wow, that is such a hard movement. Yeah. It's not <laughs> natural whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> and so I know we all got to do that. And then the, the jerk and all the, the double jerk we have to do, but uh, just going through the SF uh, G one, all the, all those movements over again. It's like, I know them, we did it. We already, we got certified in it. And it's like, we gotta do it again. <laughs> I know every time it's like PTSD, that snatch test, no matter what, even though I'm like, I know I can do it. I'm like, ah, oh. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing is like, you know, you're going to do it. And I, I know you're going to do it. And everybody gets like nervous into it. But after that first time of like all eyes on you, everybody's going to be there and you do it. It sucked, but you got, you know, you get through it. And I think yeah. that that's it's just like, how much is it going to suck? Like how much are you going to train for it to suck the <laughs> least amount? <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping it's going to be smooth. I hope everybody comes in and it's smooth and, um, everybody just knocks it out of the park, but, uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to just learning all the new cues and, and perfecting. Hopefully we, we get to work on the bent press a little bit because I, I need help. I need some help on it. I got to get my um, shoulder mobility. I'm about to do a call with uh, Sam soon so he could uh, put me through the ringer. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, if, tell him I said hi as well. Um, uh, anything else besides SFG2 coming up for you? Not really, no. No? Just just the half mm -hmm. marathon? Half marathon, SFG2. Yeah, I do a lot of running through the summer, but... I didn't really set my standards too high with the new gym, not knowing really what this year would bring me. So just controlling how much is on my plate. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's important. Well, well, thank you for chatting with me and talking about fitness and everything. And I will see you in April for sure. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'll see you uh, soon.
Thanks for everybody listening to the Primal Foundations podcast. Thank you all for joining us. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe, like, and share. See you all next time on the Primal Foundations podcast.